Welcome to US Rail Journeys, Series 2. In this series, I travel from LA to Chicago on the Southwest Chief, then from Chicago to New Orleans on both Amtrak's City of New Orleans train and a rail replacement bus. I then travel back from New Orleans to Los Angeles on the Sunset Limited. I also get to travel on the San Joaquins the Coast Starlight and the Pacific Surfliner, in all over 6,300 miles in 14 days. Episode 4 From Albuquerque through the desert to Las Vegas. Not the one in Nevada, I'm talking about the one in New Mexico. The area we're passing through at the moment is definitely industrial, light industrial, small workshops, warehouses, but scattered in amongst that, groups of houses that people are living in. Well, I say houses, they're more prefabricated than real houses, but somebody, it's home. I would think though it's a very noisy home to live in. Just passing an LPG depot, plenty of small LPG tanks stood in their yard, ready for installation for people's homes. And a police car just parked, abandoned by the look of it, in the middle of nowhere. We're picking up speed. Definitely mixed housing, mobile homes, some boats in people's yards, more scrap cars. Lots of air conditioning units on top even of the most basic of houses. Now we're passing some bigger houses, a couple of swimming pools. This must be a slightly wealthier area of town. Oh, and a garden centre. It's just strange that you have housing and business all intermingled together. I'm more used to industrial areas of town and housing areas of town not all mixed together a street of this and a street of that looks like we're passing the stockyards by stock I mean of course cattle and now the river we're definitely out of the city now whether we've passed what would be called the city limits I don't know just passed a sign to shady lakes where you go for trout fishing a lot of trees in the area we're now passing through a hint of green in some of them others look like they've got a long way to go before the leaves start to come lots of people live out here quite away from the city on one side as I look out of the train, quite a land up into the hills. On the other side, there are some mountains. So we're definitely running through a valley. Some modern housing that we've just passed with solar panels on the roof. I find it strange that in a place like this where there is so much sunshine, you see so few solar panels. You would have thought everyone would have solar panels to ensure that they minimize their fuel bills and also it's good for the environment. 
We're going through another very arid area. Lots of green scrubbery, shrubbery trees. Lots of dried out riverbeds from I presume when they have heavy weather. It's hilly but there's no sign of any agriculture at all although there are a lot of fences so I'm not sure if there is something going on on the land. I don't think I would like to be walking through this. Supercarton and Claudia, when you get a chance, can you see your room too? <coughs> Claudia, when you get a chance, can you see your room too? I think we're also climbing quite steeply. Ah, I was wrong. There is some cattle grazing on the scrubbery. It probably isn't the most satisfying of nutrition, but they seem to be all right. Often you think of how many cows can you get on a field per acre. I think it's how many acres per cow in this part of the world. A lot of the rocks here would appear to be very shale-like and there seem to be piles of rocks all over the place. I would imagine that there are a lot of rock falls. We're passing through a community in Santa Fe County according to the signpost we've just passed. I say a community probably 15, 20 homes. I imagine many of them associated with the local ranch. The conductor's just announced that our next stop, Lamy, will be reached in about 10 minutes' time. He's also made it very clear that this is just for detraining passengers. So anyone who gets off won't be getting back on again. The train will go, and they'll have to wait until tomorrow. Lamy was originally a railway town. Once builders realised the hills surrounding Santa Fe were impractical for the main line, Santa Fe residents subsidised a branch line. Today a short line connects the two towns and is used for freight and a tourist service. Whilst Lamy is home to only 218 people, the town is a significant rail junction. The station, built in 1909, was used by nearly 12,400 passengers in 2015. We left Albuquerque 45 minutes late. We're now running about 40 minutes late, so we have picked up five minutes of our deficit. So that was Lamy, New Mexico. As the word said, a very small place. We were through it pretty quickly, having dropped off a few passengers. A few modern houses out here, outside the centre of the town, all with dirt track roads to them. But some solar panels. There's a small river running beside the railway track here. Quite fast flowing, and it's criss-crossing. We've just gone over a bridge just passed a couple of people on the river bank waving at the train as we go by. It's not something I normally see here in the United States. We're currently climbing at quite an incline. The train has slowed down, which doesn't surprise me, and what is more, it's a very curvy piece of track. I keep seeing the back and then the front of the train. The ground colour here is very, very red changed from out in the wilderness. Trees are also changing and the river curving its way at the bottom of the valley.
The vegetation has now completely changed. It's all pine as we're going along. Large forests of pine. Hills covered in pine trees. And snow on the tops of the peaks. Taller hills or maybe mountains. Because I think after our climb we're actually quite a long way above sea level. This part of the journey the train is weaving its way along the line. I'm with Bob, who's a fellow traveller who got on in Los Angeles yesterday afternoon. He's travelling with his family and he's had quite a colourful life, I would suggest. But Bob has something very special that he thought was a bit of petrified wood that he dug up in his garden. Yes, uh, I thought it was petrified wood. I had it for several years. We finally, it's about the size of a football, an American football, about 10 pounds, and we decided to cut it and make bookends out of it. We found that it wasn't petrified wood at all. It was coprolite, which is on the internet as C-O-P-R-O-L-I-T-E, coprolite, which is dinosaur dung. That's certainly something interesting to find. Well, it was interesting for us, and it's uh, the rock I have is getting to be pretty well known. It's been in, in Smithsonian Institute in Washington, and Colorado University and several other places that have to do with all the dinosaurs in in the Colorado area. We've traced it down to where it probably came from a T-Rex that was excavated from my grandparents' property back in the 1920s. And that particular dinosaur, T-Rex, is in the Colorado Museum of Science. We know that's where the rock, the dinosaur stuff came from. I picked it up near the excavation where that T-Rex was actually taken up. That's my Hazel. Hazel the dinosaur. Yes, interesting name. <laughs> well, the T-Rex herself in the museum is nicknamed Hazel. We know that that 10-pound piece of stuff came immediately from where that dinosaur was dug up. So we know that it belonged to Hazel. It's whatever Hazel ate. Uh, and the inside of the rock are, are circles that we've tested that are bone. So it's whatever Hazel ate that particular day. It's laced with capillaries, uh, lines throughout the rock that are radioactive. They're called urolite, which is, oh my gosh, dinosaur urine. So on that bad, bad day, 27 million, give or take a million or so, Hazel ate something or somebody and drank a bunch of radioactive water. Fantastic piece of rock. Quite amazing what you can find just from something like that. Yeah, of course. Now, you're on this train with members of your family? Yes, I have 12 of us on the train. I have my wife and four of my own children, four grandkids, and, and one great-grand. And for a total of 12, we live in the Denver, Colorado area. Went on the train to Los Angeles, all the kids to Disneyland and Universal Studios. Now, right now, we're headed back home. And are you enjoying the train journey? Oh, oh yeah, I, I love trains. I've been on trains, a lot of trains throughout the States and trains in Europe. I worked in Europe for some years, and so I've been on quite a few trains in Europe as well. Love the trains. I think it's a lovely way to travel because you can see, see the countryside that you're going through. Yes, and if you, like, understand how things are put together. I mean, I understand sedimentary rocks and, and the volcanoes that were here 
I'm able to see that and understand how the land is, was made. So. so where do you leave this train having got on in Los Angeles? Uh, we'll get off uh, in Raton, New Mexico. Then our, our cars are all parked there and we'll have to drive about three miles north of Raton, New Mexico to Denver. And we drop the family off. My wife and I will pick up our dogs that are in Denver and then drive two miles, uh, two hours, I'm sorry, to our home that's in the mountains outside of Denver. Well, thank you very much. It's been lovely to talk to you. You're welcome. Nice to meet you. I hope you have a good trip as well. Thank you. We've now come to a stop. This is an unscheduled stop because we're waiting for a goods train to pass in the other direction. Unfortunately, we're running about an hour late now, and therefore we have to give way. Ladies and gentlemen, Jane in the cafe. Cafe is now reopening. Cafe is open. Somebody has just pointed out Starvation Peak to me, which is in the distance, but from the stop train is very clear to see. Legend has it that settlers were chased up the mountain and held there surrounded by Indian warriors until they succumbed to starvation. It was a prominent landmark and made for an interesting story around the campfire for Santa Fe Trail traders. How are you doing, sir? Very well, thank you. We've been sat here for about an hour waiting for the westbound train to pass us. It has just gone past. It's the westbound Southwest Chief. So we were able to wave to the passengers going west as we go east. The Southwest Chief that just passed us left Union Station in Chicago at 2.50 p.m. yesterday. So they are 24 and a half hours into their journey. And the train is moving. You can hear that's popular with the passengers. As the train moves, the scenery is going to change. There's a card school at one end of the observation car, and on my left there are a couple of people talking about their military service. When I say they're talking about their military service, they're both veterans. So there's a group of people playing a card game, I think, called War. 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 I think most of them are met up on the train, though there are two sisters. Is that correct? That is correct. Sister Cam and Sister Pam. I'm not your sister. All of a sudden, you're not my sister. I've never been. There appears to be a dispute, but whether it's a filial dispute or not, I'm not quite sure. This sister is always the winner. He's a marshal. Oh. Brother named Sal, too. I did notice that you were picking up all the money earlier. Oh, if there was money involved, it would have been me. So where are you traveling to? We are going to Trinidad, Colorado. And where did you get on the train? San Bernardino, California. We're going to go see family that we haven't seen in years. Years and years and years. Fresno, California. Oh, Sister Kim's talking a lot. We got all that information as soon as you said your name and changed. They think you're undercover, Tim. I know. Oh, yeah. Just make sure you cover up there. Yeah. Stops the oh, rain. Look, there's something hanging from there too. <laughs> How long are you going to Trinidad for? We're going for ten days. Ten nights. Ten forty days and forty nights. No, I don't know. They're acting silly now. They're like, think you're undercover. I'm not undercover. I know. 
why did you decide to tra travel by train? Because we love the train. Love the train. This is like we meet people like you. You certainly do meet people on trains in America. Yeah, see, aren't you happy to meet us? I'm happy to meet everybody. Yeah, no, but especially us though. Yeah, he's really happy to meet you. We're not like we're ex-cons or anything. We're like freaking good people. I am, anyways. I don't know about them. You do like good people. You're enjoying your journey, though. I am. I am. I have my niece that's sitting back there in the last cart, and my other sister. Cool. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you, Tim. We're progressing quite slowly. I thought for a while we were going downhill, but maybe we're either held by signals or going uphill again. The track is yet again winding its way, and for seconds you see the front of the train or the back of the train. Sadly, though, it's frequently too fast to get my camera to get a shot of it. We're currently going through a magnificent series of S-curves. It's the only way that the train can get to the peak. It, it would be too steep to go up in a straight line. This is the highest point of the railway in New Mexico. Our next stop is at Las Vegas. That's Las Vegas, New Mexico, not the gambling Las Vegas. The town was established in 1835 and laid out in a traditional Spanish colonial style, and it prospered as a stop on the Santa Fe Trail during the railroad era. It boomed. It was a thoroughly modern city by the turn of the century. That's, of course, the 19th to 20th century. And it was one of the largest in the southwest, the Castaneda, was a Harvey House Hotel. People brought to Las Vegas, New Mexico by the railway include Doc Holliday, Jesse James, Billy the Kid and Wyatt Earp. A certain degree of notoriety. The station itself was opened in 1899 and was used by 5,345 passengers in 2015. So we're now progressing at speed through level countryside they're not a tree in sight anywhere, probably because the height that we've got to. There's quite a party going on at the other end of the carriage. We're running, I would imagine, two to two and a half hours late. So our stop at Raton, which should have been at 4.42 p.m., it's now quarter past six, has not yet happened. I believe that we're in the high country, so we're a good few thousand feet above sea level as we go along. The route that we're taking takes us past the township of Watrous, a small town that played an important commercial role in New Mexico's early history. All right, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you holding a six o'clock dinner reservation, please make your way to the dining car at this time. A slightly late call for dinner. The township of Watrous was the site of Indian encampments, a Santa Fe trail resting spot, a railway stop and a highway stop. Named after Samuel B. Watrous, who made his way from Vermont to New Mexico in 1835. He has been described as a self-contained economic boom. He catered to the gold seekers and settlers who stopped to trade at his store on the Santa Fe Trail. 
at Clifton House Ruins, originally built by rancher Tom Stockton in 1867, a place also known as Red River Station and Red River Hotel. It was a stagecoach stop famous for its food and lodging and was a highlight for travellers on the mountain route of the Santa Fe Trail. As you can see, the Santa Fe Trail is very important in this part of the world. This podcast has been produced by the Mr T Podcast Studio. I thank the passengers and crew of the Amtrak Southwest Chief for helping make this podcast possible. Thank you for listening. Please join me again in two weeks. Thank you.